Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Risk Acumen podcast, which offers thoughtful insight around risk engineering and management. My guest this time is Finley Smith, who until quite recently was Chief Underwriting Officer with the London-based multinational insurance group, RSA. Finley is now enjoying a new role as chairperson with innovative MGA Accelerate Underwriting and has previously held positions such as Director of UK and European Markets for Property with QBE, as well as Risk Solutions European Underwriting Director at RSA. Hi, Finley. Hi, Johnny. How are you coping with the latest lockdown? <laughs> yeah, it's um, coping's the right word. I think we're we're um, we're holding on there and, and praying for March the eighth. But um, I never thought I'd be so grateful for work, Johnny. It's keeping me it's keeping me busy, so that that's good. Yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? Now, Finley or Finn, as many people know him, is not only hugely experienced in the world of insurance and underwriting, but he's always been a passionate advocate of risk engineering and risk management. So let's begin with that and, 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 and tell me a little bit about why you believe risk engineering and management services are so vital to the insurance industry and beyond, of course. Well, I I, I've, I was trained in a way in which um, in my formative years, I, I had lots of opportunity to go out and meet clients uh, and deal with brokers. And this was yeah. this was going back back to the eighties and my early days with with the Sun Alliance, and I, I was lucky enough to to work in a role that was, that was called an underwriting surveyor role at the time. You don't really get these characters now. What you had to actually do is go out, look at the risk, go back to the office, quote for it, and then and then quote to the broker. And at the same time, you were given risk management requirements. Now, now what that instilled, Johnny, was a with a real understanding of the three uh, interests that were involved here. I think most underwriters get trained purely from an underwriting perspective. It's all around what they want to write. It's it's one way, my way or the highway type approach. When, when you're put out very young in a situation like that, you very quickly have to learn that clients have got a much, much broader issues. They've got, they've got uh, budgets to manage. They can't do everything you may ideally want them to do. So you've got to learn how to compromise with that. You've got to get them on side. And you've yep. got to find the, how the what the broker's driver is in the middle, and that that instilled in me uh, early years a real understanding and empathy, and actually an enjoyment of it. A lot of people would hate that and just want to go back to underwriting and, and getting the price out and saying bang next deal please. But but I really enjoyed that variety of engagement, I guess. Um, yeah. And it and it provoked in me a an interest in that client perspective that I guess I've kept all, all the way through my career. Yeah. So I guess for you, it's not just about reducing the insurer's exposure to the risk, which of course is hugely important, but it's also about being more customer centric. Yeah. And, and providing risk services that are valued by commercial clients and by the broker involved in that and taking a more active approach. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's key. And I still think, I still think we've got a long way to, to go as an industry to get that okay. right, right yeah, well, that's that's the ideal. Tell me a little bit about well how things work now. You know how, what you've seen and 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 what's the process with a let's say a larger, more complex client in terms of assessing the risks and then offering additional risk support. It's probably worth mentioning that the audience here is is a mix of you know those those risk managers and safety managers out there who are effectively 
end client of in, insurers as well as people from within insurance as well. So it may be useful for, 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 for the risk managers and so on to understand a little bit about how it works from an underwriter's point of view. Yeah, from, from a, an insurer's point of view, when we're looking at, at writing a, a major client for the, for the first time, there's a, yeah. there's a huge emphasis on, on the risk management piece, what we think we can offer, how we can align expertise. Um, so, for example, depending on what industry that might be in. So if it's financial services, it might be about forensic accounting skills and business interruption. If it's a yeah. more traditional fire-driven risk, uh, say in the chemical industry or something, then, then we're going to want to get chemical engineers or metallurgy engineers involved um, yeah. as quickly as possible with the client so that we can understand the client's processes better, how they manage them, and build and build that rapport with, with the client. Now, initially, when you're tendering for it, you've, you, you, know, you do that through conversation with the broker, and hopefully yeah. if, if, uh, if you do enough to, to win the business or get into contention with the business, you, you then get a chance to, to speak to the client, and that becomes really important because you want to establish a rapport. The client's got to be comfortable. I mean, I've seen a number of cases in, in my time where where the, the, the tender process has fallen down because the client is either very loyal to their existing company because of the risk management relationship yeah. or vice versa, no matter what you do, that, that might have gone sour and you can't keep the client because because that relationship's gone gone south. Um, yeah. So, so it becomes a really, really important aspect. Yeah, you, you said that things you felt like things could could improve or could be better. Um, you know, which areas in particular are you are you thinking of there in 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 the process where where could improvements be made? Well, I still think uh, you know to be honest, I don't think the industry's moved that that much in the last twenty five years. Yeah, I still think it's traditionally from a risk management perspective very heavily property driven. Um, and if you speak to risk client risk managers and 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 hopefully some will be on on this call and this will resonate with them. They don't. They don't get up in the morning worrying about the fire risk. They don't get up in the morning worrying about the flood damage risk. Most of the time, they get up in the morning worrying about other risks. And at the moment, it'll be COVID, but at other times, it's it's around um, supply chain management, for example, yeah. um, and it's around business risks or or closures of their business for other reasons. Um, sometimes economic or political. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. physical. So. I think you know we we in the insurance industry kid ourselves a little bit that if we're you know if we're sending out a very a very well qualified ex industry engineer then then job done. But I think that's probably catering for about ten percent of what's on the risk manager's plate. Yes. And what we've got to get better at doing is is looking at a wider risk palette. Um, right. And getting much better at, at, at understanding what the emerging risks are, both from an insurance perspective, but also helping the client um, yeah. and the wider, maybe uninsured risks that they have to think about. Yeah, so I guess it's uh, understanding those client needs. And, and, and you're right in what you're saying. Uh, I guess, you know, there's, there's vastly different needs across the whole spectrum, isn't there? Um, you know, if you compare those of a multinational player with a chemicals industry um company like you mentioned to a small hospitality risk for example their needs are entirely different and they need different kinds of support the large complex risk will undoubtedly have its own high level risk expertise in-house whereas a smaller business may well have a you know far greater need even though the exposure could be far less well that's absolutely right and and, it, and it's always been the way and i think that 
what what I'd like to see is 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 greater emphasis on on the independent risk management companies, if you like. And yeah, I say that principally because I think they've got the motivation to develop a client relationship that is client focused. Yeah. Um, and for the best will in the world, insurers are going to be looking at the risks that they're insuring. And, and you know, you, you sort of understand that, but let, let's not try and pretend that they're going to spend a, a huge amount of effort or, or cost in, in helping clients understand aspects that they may not be insuring because they, they're not seeing a return in that. So, so the, and, and clients are under budgetary pressure, and we all know that, that governance and risk is never a popular um, item to be spending money on internally. So, so there is a need, I think, for, for more uh, specialism in this area. Yeah. Um, and as we see all sorts of insurance services being outsourced more, like um, whether it be claims handling or whether it be um, policy documentation production, there's been a big push towards that outsourcing aspect. I think that an area that, that, that could do with, with a greater injection would be more independent risk management companies that, that can provide clients with that, with that insight yeah. truly from a client perspective. And I guess it also means different sort of tiers of service, doesn't it? From, from like I said, the, the, the very small business right up to the complex is offering a, a different kind of service to those different groups. Yeah, and there's lots of there's lots of ways of tackling that. I mean, the SME world gets neglected a little bit in this space, but but there are ways of, of looking at at that those risks because you know they tend to be largely homogenous, and therefore, yeah, risk management companies can offer packages in, in in that space that can just guide the client along that area. What about the use of data? I mean, it's something that's often talked about as the next big thing, and that sounds like it would probably suit that area in terms of risk management are you are you are you actually seeing this develop within insurance or is it something that's just more talked around well i'm seeing it develop johnny i'm not seeing it be a, a light bulb moment where we're suddenly we're going into a different area i think where data is better than it was um, in my days of pacing around buildings um, data is better now in that we're better as an insurance industry at gathering the client's data and giving them a giving them a dashboard and a profile. So, so if you have a multinational client with 60 risks around the world, insurers have become much better at showing the client where the good ones are, where the bad ones are, and why that is. So, so the client's got a much better insight into um, his risk. But again, it's, it's very heavily, predominantly property-oriented. And if we're going to talk about how data, and I think we need to have, how data can actually inform risk management beyond that, I still think we're at, we're at baby steps. We're at baby yeah. steps in terms of, we've been talking for 20 years about data being um, the new oil, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, and so lots of, lots of efforts going into collecting more data, but there's still, a bit of a, there's still a bit of a dilemma of how to use that most effectively, and I still think there's an issue around how, how you can trust it um, to, to drive to drive decisions that previously were either made by human beings or, or, or previously uh, people could try and try and test things at. So I think there's a little bit of, well, there's a big bit of, of um, development needed to, to drive data more assertively in the risk management space and demonstrate its value. Yeah. Is, is what you're talking about also because there's perhaps a, a little bit of a disconnect between, let's say, the underwriter 
and and the end user of, of the insurance because of course you have the you have the broker in between and perhaps understanding the needs of the of the end user is 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 difficult at times but that's perhaps where you know the collaboration between the three areas that you talked about when you talked about your early days in your career and that became real by virtue of the fact of getting out there and doing that, perhaps that's something that needs to 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 accelerate and 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 become more of a feature of the relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would that would certainly help. I think there's an element here. I I see that relationship, that tripartite relationship, as a series of three. It's a Venn diagram with three circles, Johnny. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And there are some conflicting elements in there as well which which i think we should be honest about and, and particularly in big clients brokers are quite protective of their client relationship and it can be it can be quite difficult to build the insurer to client relationship directly the broker always wants to be there the broker wants to make sure that the client which is un- not understandable paying. as well of course yeah it is very understandable. Um, and the broker's also selling risk management services a lot of the time, especially the, the big international brokers certainly are. So so there's an element there's an element of mutual interest without a doubt, but there's also an element of conflict in there. Um, hence hence my, my thinking of we almost we almost need a, a, a new way. Um, somebody's gonna come in and disrupt this market. Um, they're gonna use data to do it because I think one of the big factors and, and to be fair, one or two, certainly one of the major brokers is, has been leading on this. And that's around using data to compare companies against their peers mm-hmm. so that they can they, they can um, compare themselves and then say, okay, this is this is how we're looking. This is what we're paying on for our insurance. This is how our risk looks. This is how our risk management looks. This is how we're perceived. But again, whilst that's being done through the lens of, a broker's clients, and then you're dicing, cutting and dicing it, and getting slower slices of the pie all the time. So that obviously, for data protection issues, the broker's only going to share general parts of that data with the insurer that's got their clients, and and they're placing business for lots of people. So everybody's only seeing tiny little pieces of the pie. If you've got yeah. a relationship with a client, the client can be very focused, and 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 get more out of those comparative. Uh, data without it without it being that thing of well we can't show this insurer the data of a specific other client because it's a competitor that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely are there are there any other risk innovations on the horizon Finn? or or what about other exposures as well that that stand out i mean we've seen with covid that new risks can suddenly emerge what else should everyone be worried about yeah, well, I think I mean, I mean, COVID's the obvious one, isn't it? I think that I think there's a, I think there's a lot of innovation and good ideas out there to do with the first part of your question. And there's there's yeah. lots of companies. I'm working with a couple of companies that are being quite innovative around around data. You know, the challenge that we're we're finding is is these are small insure tech startups, and and so getting in getting into the C-suite of the insurer or the broker and and demonstrating that value can be quite difficult. It's a <clears throat> it's a tough challenge to sometimes get these ideas out of the incubation stage and into adoption by by a major organisation. And and major organisations are conservative; they tend to fall back on dealing with the big consulting partners that they that they can sell to their boardroom. And that's that you know is, is stifling innovation a little bit. But you know some of the ideas that we're working with are. are 
work really well at the SME and mid-market side. We're, we're gathering data on publicly available data, easily purchasable data, and comparing thousands of like-for-like customers across the sector. And then you can show them to an insurer or a broker, demonstrate the characteristics that make the client good or bad, and you can help the insurer or the broker target the business they want or avoid or risk manage the business that they want. And it's it's more of a portfolio approach to risk management. You're managing your whole portfolio then. Um, So from an insurer or a broker perspective, that can work really well. And there is value for the client as well because they can understand what the elements are that are um, giving them the giving them a more negative view. It's interesting what you say about value as well. That's one of the, always the big issues around risk and risk management is that you, you can't necessarily see what the outcome is. So if you invest heavily in it, then nothing happens. You don't know what would have happened if you if you hadn't invested. So I guess that's one of the big problems. We're looking at it from a pure financial perspective, but I guess this is where the being more customer-centric comes in because if it's if it's perceived value, by the end client, um, then there is a great value in it that way, isn't there? Well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Johnny, I think. The traditional view of insurance generally in risk management is clients have looked at it in the past often um, yeah. as being, we don't get a return on it because we're never going to make a claim. And therefore, it's that it, that drives some negative behaviors around, around purchasing it. And you don't want to pay for something. Um, that you don't feel is returning any value. But if richer relationships can be developed around a broader risk environment, and let's, let's bear in mind clients now are having to be far more risk-focused across the whole piece, across the financial risk, whether it be from a PRA perspective and governance, yeah. or whether it be the, the health and safety of their employees, as well as their actual business and trading risks. If we can move the risk management industry into a more holistic thinking around this, the client will see more value rather than just yeah. to be blunt, stopping the buildings burning down or get flooded. Exactly. Great, Finn. Uh, I guess a key point overall then is that risk services from within the insurance sector need to keep evolving and maybe evolve at more of a pace and with greater collaboration as well between underwriter, broker and client using that risk engineering management and support to to add that mutual value. This is what we're talking about really, isn't it? Is mutual value. Everyone should benefit from that. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think there's another stage in evolution needed, as, as I touched on earlier. I'd like to see the risk management industry um, evolve more, more quickly and independently. And insurers, right. frankly, stop trying to be all things to all men. They're always going to need their risk management focus to protect the risks that they write on their balance sheet. I think yep. there will always be a gap if they're looking to to help clients and clients are looking to evolve their risk management with external help. There's always going to be a gap there that I think insurers aren't necessarily motivated to, to fill. Um, yep. So it's it's an area, I think, that is ripe for, for some disruption and for somebody to come in and uh, fill Yeah, bringing gap. another another partner into that tripartite exactly. relationship. Do, do, do the work about. for the insurers so you're fulfilling their requirements. Yeah. But also also you've got that direct relationship with the client and you're providing the client with broader services that the client's independently uh, purchasing for the value that they think they're getting out of it. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you'd like to get across or, or that you'd like to cover or does that kind of touch on everything from your perspective? Um. 
I just the, the only thing I would I would say on closing closing is risk management is only going to become a more important uh, factor for for business across the world. We we, we live in a world yeah. of risk. Our world is more sophisticated with electronic media, etc., electronic communications. Um, it's getting more complex every every year. And yeah, and boy, boy, have we seen this in the last in the last year as well? Yeah, exactly. And risk management is therefore only going to be a bigger need for clients. So, so that gap will absolutely need to be filled. Brilliant, Finn. Well, thanks for your thoughts today. I hope it's helped some of our risk and safety managers who listen in understand a little bit more about the insurance side of things and also our insurance industry listeners see how things could potentially evolve moving forward so yeah thanks again Finn really appreciate it you're very welcome John thank you you've been listening to the Risk Acumen podcast if you have any questions or comments around the topic we've covered today please go to our LinkedIn page you can find a link on www.riskacumen.co.uk Thanks again, Finn. Great chatting with you as always. And until the next time, goodbye for now.